Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Basically Experts podcast. I'm Leah, and I am a cyclist, runner, running coach, and expert salmon salad critique. Ooh, I might have to fight you for that title. I love a salmon salad. Uh, oh, we definitely. Salad off. <laughs> That sounds like that sounds like the name of Alaskan. I really vodka. hope that exists. Salmon salad off. Okay, and I'm Lori, a sports dietitian and certified personal trainer who helps people perform better by improving their nutrition habits. And this is the podcast where we, the experts, answer your questions about training, nutrition, and really any fitness advice you want from us. And you can submit your questions by DMing our Instagram account at basicallyexpertspod. And while we do have, Lori has credentials and I have life experience, um, none of our advice is intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. So please take it at that value. All right, let's dive in. Leah, what are you up to right now while we record? While we record, I am um, going to try to not be too distracted by having Dancing with the Stars on mute in the background. <laughs> I love Dancing with the Stars. I used to say, so back when I actually was, I mean, I never thought I was actually going to the Olympics, but when I was running at the level that I was at the Olympic trials, I was just like, if only I could, I heard sorry. that slurp. I'm drinking tea, guys. I'm sorry. It's loud. It's very hot. Lori slipping tea. Um, <laughs> I used to say, if only I could get to the Olympics, because then I could that be your goal. with the stars. And I'm not kidding. That's awesome. About- Forget the Olympics. I, mean, I want the D list celeb status. I had a runner on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, well, I just, because I love dancing. I used to dance. I used to tap dance and ballet dance. And I'm so inflexible. I have come to the conclusion now that it was a godsend. I never had that chance because I would have embarrassed myself. And I cannot. They all, oh my gosh. Do you want to know my down. dancing background? But- so when I was like four, yes, I was please. in dance. And I was like in a tutu mm-hmm. twirling while everyone else did the actual performance I was so bad that they like I can told my parents I should not be in dance like dance was not my (laughs) dance is not your daughter's thing please remove her from our group (laughs) oh no (laughs) and sad and I don't dance and I should not dance and I've never watched an episode of dancing with the stars because you're so good at all kinds of sports I would have thought I guess I just can't freestyle or I don't know I'm not sure anyway yeah but I digress um so that's what I am doing um last week was a super intense week at work and today was sort of normal so I'm just enjoying a semi-chill evening and hoping to do what all 40-something-year-olds aspire to do and be in bed before 10. Well, then you will be really uh, (laughs) jealous of me right now because I'm recording and sipping tea in bed. I am basically a grandmother, like, already sitting in bed. We just got this new bed, so I'm just enjoying it. Sitting in bed, 
sipping my pumpkin spice tea, so I'm super basic and super old. Did you just rename our podcast, though? We might, we might get more listeners. <laughs> oh, goodness. We might. People would be like, we thought you were going to give us advice on nope. raising children. We're like, <laughs> can't do that. No. Neither of us have it. We're just like oh old AF at heart. Oh, man. Well, what have you got going on this week? What's, what's exciting what's and new? Um, new? You know, lots of new house stuff, but I'm super excited mostly mm-hmm. to be like diving into training a little bit more on the running side. So I know that I've been just ramping up. Yeah, like getting my mileage up, trying to feel good and confident because it takes a while, you know, when you come back from a little injury and a time off and whatever. So I'm at a place where I feel pretty good. And yeah, so I'm just excited to like follow your advice, take some of my more structured training and do some workouts. Got a good one tomorrow, some tempo miles. So I'm like, you know, in bed, legs up, I'm doing all the things and I'm like, it feels good. This is, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I feel like we should touch on, I feel like we had this, actually we've always, Lori and I were teammates and friends first before I started coaching her and running. And I feel like we have a great relationship anyways, but we had this little breakthrough moment I don't know if it's even a breakthrough moment because we didn't have any issues in our communication as coach and athlete, but I initiated a conversation because I had some things on my mind and it turned out really great. And I think it's something that might be worth just like, I won't, I'll try to not go too far into the weeds, but sharing with people because I think it's important to get things. Okay. Let me just get to the point. So Lori and I started working together as coach and athlete a few months ago, and then she kind of had an injury and there's some life things happened to where we kind of backed away from any real structured training. And since then I'd kind of said, you know, I don't want to rush you. Let me know when you're ready. And I put some things in her training, but you know how life goes. Lori's been moving, um, kind of transitioning into a yeah, little I wasn't bit more being super and compliant and wanting to chase some segments. Yeah. And which is fine. I guess my most, the thing, the point I want to get across is I think that whether you're on the coach or athlete side of it, open line of communication with your coach, because there was no hard feeling from my side, but I kind of started feeling like, well, maybe Lori doesn't want to work with a coach right now. And that's totally okay. People go through phases where they just want to no structure, or maybe they want someone to bounce ideas off, but they don't want workouts written in. So I just reached out and I was like, Hey, I'm not mad. I just want to make sure yet you're not looking at your training peaks going, why haven't you put anything in my training peaks? And I'm like, but the last few times I've put stuff in your training peaks, you haven't been doing it. So just let me know what's up. And we worked it out. So I just kind of want to throw that out there with like, whether you're the athlete and maybe you're not being compliant and it's for very good reason, or maybe you feel like your coach is not giving you what you need or what you want just address it. And it doesn't have to even be like, there was no awkwardness. There was yeah, no And I definitely think it's like a good lesson that it, it takes a while to get comfortable with someone. And like you and I are super comfortable with each other. So you're not going to get weird if I don't do something. Yeah. And if you don't put a workout on, I'm just gonna be like, Oh, there's no workout, you know, MBD, I'll do what I want. And I think, you know, it takes a while to find like a coach and athlete situation that is a good mesh and not all of them are. 
So really important to remember, like if you can chat with your person and, you know, both ways and figure out like a good rhythm, because I'm definitely, you know, we have both individually been through so many different sports and competitions and coaches, you know, that we have a a buildup of experience with that. And I know that I'm someone who appreciates a kind of a coach in the background and like, you know, put something Mm -hmm. on there, give me like an idea of what you want to see and I'll try to crush that. But if I look at there and it's just like this super specific detailed workout, I am just going to be like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. I'm never going to go to a track. I can't do this. This is stressing me out. So yeah, it's, it definitely like everyone has their flow and you've got to find something that like works right for you. So I'm super excited to like dive more in this week and, you know, just get back to feeling more like an athlete. Cause I think I was, you know, we've all been in such a weird year that I'm, I feel very ready now to come back. So I'm excited to crush some running miles and some workouts and hopefully steal some segments because I enjoy that. If you, if there's any left, my goal is to just own every street in Rochester. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yes. Dig into some questions. (laughs) I know this will just be like the podcast where we chat with each other. But we did get some questions, so thanks, guys, for sending some over. Um, And we're going to dig into a few. If your question doesn't get answered on this episode, you know, check back next week, and we might have it then. Absolutely. So if you want to go first, you want me to go. All right. Hey, Leah and Lori, I'm hoping you guys can help me out. I hope we can, too. I am a competitive triathlete and am having trouble keeping details of my workout straight as I use a combination of different apps such as Garmin, Strava, and Training Peaks. Is there a single tracking source you suggest or what details should I be recording? Thanks. Okay. I mean, you want I think me to we... answer that? <laughs> we can... I've got, as, as with most things, I've got two answers. The very, okay, I should say the, the, I will qualify the long answer. The short answer, is there a single tracking source you suggest? No. I wish there was. <laughs> like, don't you wish there was? Now, there, that, <sighs> sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Here's the thing though. Like, I, I think that you need to have, I think each one has their purpose and you shouldn't be like where the can I mean, I'm speculating here because I use actually those same three apps and I also happen to have today's plan, which is redundant, but it's because of Zwift Academy and whatever we get a today's plan account. So I don't really ever log in there. I don't know if I should say that, but it's just, I speak the truth, but like Garmin, Garmin is the glue that holds the other apps together for me. I know that it can be used for analysis or whatever. I have never used Garmin. Garmin is like a Dude, Garmin's just how I me. upload. Like that's Strava all is- I use it for. It's my, it's yeah, my yeah, computers. Yeah, exactly. They are Garmin and I love them and they upload my data. I hate the exactly. app. Honestly, I cannot stand it. I never look at it. I don't think it's great for analyzing anything. Same. So yeah, scratch that one off. I've never tried. To. I think like the so days before be great, Strava, like it was like... the only, you know, you had a Garmin watch and it was Garmin. Yeah. So yeah. But since then, which was how many, like yeah. a decade ago, 
like have not used Garmin Connect for any type of record like no it's right. just right. to connect that's all it's yes. for is connect so I've also well I mean made. I use Strava all the time but I don't look at Strava data I just look at more of a social thing right. segments um I've used cycling analytics and training peaks cycling analytics was a little too overboard for me and since I run too, I just wasn't really into it. Um, training peaks, I definitely use, but I honestly don't look at a ton of data. Yeah, I, but I think as far as addressing, I'm, I'm actually exactly the same. Well, I've never used the training analytics, but I've used another, there's another one called Final Surge. My running coach um, always wanted me to use Final Surge. So that's mm-hmm. another one that there's so many out there. I think the important thing is, you have to have, whether it's Garmin or Wahoo app, that's just a necessary thing. But I don't feel that you need to be logging in there. Any data that may be in there that I'm not using, I'm confident is in either a training peaks, a today's plan, a final surge. Any, I think, and Strava is just for fun. Like, you don't need to get lost Yeah, in absolutely. It's there to be fun, to compete against yourself, compete against others, maybe find ride routes. If you want to go and see what your friends are doing, I don't personally ever spend much time trolling around Strava, but some people love that. But I think if you're struggling to keep track of things between these three, I think training peaks would be the one where that's where you or your coach would be inputting your data. That's where you're comparing things like your training against itself. That's where you're seeing your fitness curve. So I think... If it feels like it's a lot in your head, you just need to kind of let the other two go. Like, you don't need to be checking in and spending a bunch of time in Strava and in Garmin. Like, you should just have one go-to where you can go and look at the results and look at your personal bests and whatever. And that would be your your data analytics site, which is, again, you know, your today's plan, your training peaks, your final surge, or whatever app you might use. I think that's where you probably want to get comfortable with just having one that you kind of go to and don't feel like you need to be spending a bunch of time in the others, but also don't feel an obligation to right. get rid of I absolutely them. agree. I'm going to throw a little wrench in here. And I recently just got a really nice paper journal for running for tracking runs I know very fancy very old school and I got a pen out and today I like recorded my first run in it and jotted down some details and just felt like for me I think it's nice to put yeah I'll send you I'll send you photo (laughs) snapshots of my journal can I upload that to training (laughs) um yeah right (laughs) um but it's like really nice because one of the things I miss you know right now when I'm not looking at a ton of data like I haven't even been wearing a heart rate monitor I I want to know more like did I enjoy it what parts did I feel good on what did I eat before the run maybe what I was wearing during the run and that or the ride you know whatever it is and those details I think are really important to me at the moment um and and I don't love just typing all of that in to the notes area of like a ride or in the description for like anyone to see <laughs> or, you know, my coach, like you don't really need to know what shorts I was wearing and what flavor gel I had. But like, I might want to know that. So 
um, or like what, what stretching did I do after? So this uh, journal is just really nice. Like each page is designed to be for one run. So you can really kind of go crazy and put, you know, did I have a bowl of cereal beforehand? How was the run? How did I feel? What kind of stretching did I do after? Or did I put my legs up or whatever? Um, so yeah, if you're overwhelmed with or just want a break from computers and apps, you can always go old school. Do you know what I think is so funny? And I, I mean, to me, this adds value to our conversation. Some people might just be like, shut up and move on to the next topic. But I think this is a moment when I sit here and I've got the hugest smile on my face and I'm just thinking like, there's a lot of ways that you and I are alike. I mean, both cyclists, both runners. I think we, we share a lot of values, but this is a thing where I'm listening to you. I'm like, we are (laughs) so different in this. Like I, my, my penmanship is, is terrible and I get very impatient with it. So it's like, if I start writing something, it might start out looking, I will never say nice, but legible. And then it turns into a scribble. That's like, God forbid anybody, but me would have to read. So when sometimes when I'm putting notes in, I'll type way more than I know my coach wants to see, but it's like information that I want, but I need to type it in somewhere because if I'm not typing it, it's not getting recorded. Like, (laughs) so to that point, I think, yeah, it's just, yeah, either way, works, way makes you feel just good. Just make sure that you're also like, yep. in, the, the biggest thing about recording your data is you're going to get whatever your, your equipment tells you, whether it's heart rate, power, you know, mileage, whatever you're doing, pace. Um, but also there's a lot of other details that go into making you a good athlete and making that a good workout. So I think you can never really record too much information because that's all going to be helpful in right. building you up to whatever your event is um, and and getting you to your best performance. 100%. Sweet. Agree. Crushed that first question. Crushed it. <laughs> nailed it. Swoosh. 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 Where did what a are we swoosh come in? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just going to go with it. Just Okay, so I've got a question. That one, I don't have a question. I have someone else's question. And it says, I run with a group a couple times a week. One thing I notice is that some people are always stretching. This is before and others never seem to. What is your take on whether I should or shouldn't stretch before runs? I'll let you go first since I jumped okay. in first. The um, last man, I'm really just jealous of this person getting to go on group runs. Um, but I, I get that. I am not personally a person who stretches before and I sometimes will like jog a few miles and then stop and stretch a little bit. But I also coach a high school cross country girls team and we always do like a warm up jog before stretching. And I, I think that's really important. I would say like, don't stretch on cold muscles. You know, if you just get out of bed and, you know, drive to this group run, you might not want to sit there and stretch that could cause some injury if your muscles aren't like warmed up and prepped a little bit. Yep. I actually think it's one of the things that I consider a misconception that a ton of people have. I don't think that you should ever stretch before running. Now, if you want to, like you said, do a warm up, whether that's 
a two lap jog around the track and then you stretch or whether it's mobility, maybe you have bands and you do some of the rubber band exercises or just some squats, anything you just want to be warm. Like if you want to stretch before you do you the main bulk of your activity, that's fine. But you shouldn't ever, in my opinion, and I do think there is science to back this up, but I can't quote any. So I'm just going to say, in my opinion, you don't want to just stretch cold, like wake up, get dressed, drive to where you're going to start a run, get out of the car, stretch, and then go and do your run. Like it would be better to either, it, it would be better to not and stretch after, or like Lori already said, do it, jog a couple of miles or even a quarter mile, just warm the muscles up and then you can stop and stretch. And I've done that before. Like I don't ever intentionally, I hate stretching. I know it's necessary, but I'm terrible at it. (laughs) But if sometimes if I feel really stiff, I will just half mile into, it could be a 10 mile run and I'll just like, okay, I just need to take a minute, stop my watch, pull over here and stretch some things out. I've done that, but you just don't want to do it when you're cold. There is, it's important to point out that there are multiple types of stretching and all stretching isn't equal. So I am personally not a fan of static stretching. I never do it. Like almost never. I just, that's like, you know, touch your toes and hold it for 15 seconds and then relax and do it again. That kind of stretching. I'm not a fan of it. I do really like dynamic and more ballistic stretching. So like doing um, like hurdle legs where you're kind of like, or leg swings where you're swinging your leg or bouncing that kind of thing to kind of get the blood flowing. And then also the rubber band, um, resistance band exercises. Mm -hmm. Those are called activation stretching. And those have been studied to improve your performance. So I would definitely do those. And it's very common. We've We've done it. We've seen people do it at cycling races, you know, before the start line, people are like sitting there with their resistance bands doing the glute activation and there's science behind it. It actually creates a quicker response and fires up your neurons. So it's not even really about the muscles, but it's about activating your nervous system to be able to fire quickly when you start performing. Yeah, there you go. That's kind of all. Yeah, I, I think I think that that's one. a pretty decent answer. All right. So next question. I, not me, but our listener, suffers from IBS and is an athlete. It makes workouts really tough. Yeah, I I bet. And they've heard FODMAPs might be to blame. Can you please provide some insight on how to help my GI distress? Okay. So can you? No. <laughs> but I can. <laughs> Lori can. I think this is definitely a better question for her. But I do want to just point out because there might be somebody listening who's never heard of IBS. IBS is irritable bowel yes. syndrome. Which is as, and as fun I, as it sounds. As a dietitian, (laughs) it's something that super frustrates me because it's not an actual condition. IBS is symptoms, really. And it's just that if you're suffering from IBS, you are suffering from an unknown issue that is causing you a lot of GI distress, like bloating and cramping and Mm -hmm. gas and diarrhea or whatever. 
any type of unknown stomach complication that occurs frequently is IBS. And it just kind of puts a label on something without really investigating it. So there is FODMAPs, um, and those are very likely to blame for a lot of IBS and not all of it, of course. But I would say if you are do you want yeah. to explain what a so FODMAP, a FODMAP is? these are foods that contain short carbohydrates that a lot of people have trouble digesting. So if you are sensitive to certain FODMAPs, then you know eliminating certain foods that have these short chain carbohydrates will help you. So that could be lactose, it could be fructose, um, and It doesn't mean, so a lot of people get confused because there are a large list of FODMAPs. You know, if you look at a FODMAP list and want to eliminate all those foods from your diet, it's very overwhelming. And I don't suggest that anyone does it on their own um, because just ripping all of those foods out is unnecessary. So to do it in a more practical way, first I would recommend keeping a food log and tracking what you're eating all the time, which is a pain, but it will be helpful. So track what you eat, especially, you know, around workouts, but really symptoms could be caused from foods that you ate days ago. So by tracking it long-term, you're going to be able to, or you can show it to a dietitian who will be able to look back through your records and kind of make some connections between foods that you're consuming, how frequently they show up, how frequently you're having symptoms. And that's a great starting point instead of just eliminating 50 different ingredients from your diet. And then if you know there are some foods that trigger you, like I think almost everyone has at least one food that doesn't make them feel great, right? Like you eat it and maybe it's a lot of dairy for some, for me, it's a lot of raw kale or quinoa. I, I can An apple, actually. I take those back. I cannot do an apple. I cannot eat a full apple. My stomach will hate me for days. Like like, like at all? No, like, just, like, like ever. Like I will have a slice of apple or like maybe half a small one in a salad or something a couple times a year. Yeah. Cherries are the same and those are FODMAP foods. But that doesn't mean that I am bad with all FODMAPs. So that's kind of the point I'm getting at is you can have a trigger food and you might want to eliminate that type of FODMAP. So each FODMAP is a different short chain carbohydrate. So they all, they stand for something, right? So there's Mm -hmm. six different categories. So it doesn't mean if I'm in the apple and cherry category, I don't need to go to the garlic category too, or I might not have to. Does that okay. make sense? It's kind of, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm in a little bit. Yeah. Over my head. <laughs> it is confusing. So I'm assuming that this person is like, has looked at a FODMAP chart. And if you look at the, like, just pull up yeah. a Google of FODMAP um, image, you'll see it's kind of put into categories. So if you have one category that's bothering you, those are the foods that you probably want to start eliminating. And you usually also don't have to eliminate them forever. But if you're only a little bit sensitive to certain ones, like for me, that's kale and quinoa. If I heal my gut and get it to a place where it's healthy, I'm eating a good nourishing diet, 
I'm having some like pre and probiotics and I eat those foods, I'm going to be fine. But if I overdo it and I'm eating kale and quinoa every day for lunch and dinner, I'm going to need to take a break from them or it's going to kind of flare up and cause me distress. So it's really a, it's an experiment on yourself of figuring out which foods are your trigger foods and then looking at the foods in that category and eliminating that for, for a couple of weeks and see how you feel and then building it back up. Um, it's not an easy process. It's not a comp it's, it is a complicated process, but it's definitely better than suffering from IBS forever. And if somebody, I know you're not going to say this and this is never, I don't, well, (laughs) never since this is episode one, (laughs) not like we're not trying to solicit anyone on this podcast, but I will say like, if you're listening, I'm listening to this and it's like, for one, it's a little bit over my head and it's something I don't relate to that well because I tend to knock on wood. I'll probably develop some like late age stomach problems, but I tend to have a pretty hearty stomach when it comes to being able to compete when eat whatever. But if you're listening to this and you're just like, Oh wow. Um, I feel like I relate to that, but I'm confused and I need more information. You can send more questions and also you can work with Lori directly because that's like, she has many areas of expertise, but she is literally an expert in nutrition and dietary things. So if you're listening to this and feeling like you need some help in that area, she can Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can't, you know, with the details provided and some (laughs) questions, you know, this isn't going to be diagnosing or treating anyone, just giving a little surface level um, advice. And this is, you know, FODMAPs and IBS and stomach GI is a very personal thing. Each person has a very different experience with it. So it is something that, you know, we could definitely dive into more on a one-on-one basis. But in general, I would say, you know, just Google that food mop, food map chart and start start a food journal and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, I will take the next question. No, I think that's or, a, good, add on a that? good place to cut it off. I, I mean, honestly, that could be, <laughs> I could go into so much. That could be like a whole episode. Um, so I think it's good yeah. to just cut it there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you could, I was, I was listening to it and I was thinking, I feel like there could be a whole. Oh, I'm sure there might be a podcast on that alone. I mean, it's extensive and it's, (laughs) it's still, I mean, I think in the last five years been very up and coming still. Um, So there's a lot of research left on it, but if you think you're lactose intolerance, you think you have IBS, you think you might be gluten sensitive. You think all these issues are coming from food. I would probably advise you to start with the FODMAPs. Yeah. It's good advice. So the next question says, I'm so excited for this podcast. Oh, so are we. I would love to know your thoughts on how much strength training you recommend for runners. It's something I often neglect and and think, is it really necessary? So I'm going to ask you, how much strength training do you do? Um, i'm a terrible example with strength and stretching i actually recently made you know that meme with drake where he's like looking with his hand away 
at something and then like saying oh yeah and it was like stretching <laughs> strength training no <laughs> like running cycling and cake yes <laughs> but I think that's just it is like it is no, so but- common for endurance <laughs> okay. athletes to be like strength training like oh I've heard of it do I really need to do it and I think everyone kind of knows like oh I should be doing that but no one really wants to sacrifice a half hour on yep. the bike or the run to lift some weights right right life's our life is busy and I think like if you're saying well I can only fit one thing in a day we're all most endurance athletes are going to automatically gravitate towards the thing that gives you endorphins mm-hmm. which is the aerobic activity um I will say the other thing is that people tend to think strength training and think gym and think weights and lit- I'm literally allergic. <laughs> like I hate going to the gym. I don't, I hate lifting weights. I put on mass really easily. My hands callous really easily, like everything about it. I don't like, um, but there are other types of strength training. You can do a lot of core and stability type of strength activity, which I think like in a perfect world, like, yeah, if you can do all of your endurance and strength and speed training and also manage yoga and gym time and calisthenics and fantastic. But I think the reality is most people don't have that much time. But if you can set aside whether it's 10 minutes, four or five days a week or 30 minutes twice a week to do a core. And I, I was about to say routine, but it doesn't even have to be a routine. Like if you have this massive bucket of options of core type activities and you just say okay like I got actually recently I got in a really good habit of every single day I was doing 10 minutes of core and the way I kept myself going back to it instead of quitting after five days is I never wrote down like okay it has to be 10 times you know three minutes of squats and 10 minutes of crunches and planks like it was just the only thing that was written in my daily list of like, I would have a journal with five things. I five daily agreements that I was going to keep to myself. And one was 10 minutes of core. So if one day it wanted, I wanted to do a bunch of stuff with a balance ball and stretching, that was fine. If the next day it was all going to be planks and side planks and pushups, that was fine. Just committing a time of activity. And I feel like, start with something you know you can chew on like I feel like if you say okay I'm going to go to the gym twice a week I'm going to spend an hour just even getting to the gym might prevent you yeah from especially now because if gyms are even open gym. but if you can get so, right you need a you need a home routine for sure I'm actually a habit, big like fan of the every minute on the minute workouts have are you familiar with those yeah so it's like Every minute, a on ra- minute, you know, do random moves, whatever, push-ups, jumping jacks, uh, plank, but every minute you have a timer. And when that minute's up, you swap to something new. So it might be doing like jump lunges for one minute. And when that minute's up, you do like the Russian twist or, you know, box jumps for a minute. So it keeps it really dynamic yeah. and interesting. And you can do like just 10 minutes of that or like two sets of 10 minutes or whatever you can but I, I do think, you know, just just finding something that works for you and gets you into it is definitely a good thing because it is necessary. Like as much as yeah. we all hate it, it is really necessary. And you're yes. going to figure out like things like single leg 
deadlifts, even without weights, you know, just doing the motion, you're going to see some imbalances that you have and you're going to be able to train them a little bit better. And it is very important to strengthen the core because while running is more of a whole body exercise, you know, cycling doesn't, but you still need the core muscles. You know, if you're going to climb any hill, you better have a strong core. So it's, it's really important to add some weight, add some resistance, retain that lean tissue, build the lean tissue a little bit. Um, but yeah, it does not have to be a complex, heavy list, lifting gym routine to be effective. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And also, I just think it's one of those things that not that I'm super old, but I, I am old enough that I'm, I've never been flexible to begin with and I'm losing the flexibility that I had. So I think both with core stability, strength, stabilization, like my balance isn't what it used to be. And I'm not saying it was ever great, but it's worse. My flexibility is worse than it used to be. And as if, if you're thinking, well, I'm good, I've got this, like, trust me when I say it will diminish when you get older and you will wish you had just kept it up. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not, absolutely. Like, I'm fine. And like, I that's do like proven, it, but I'm just saying you want to keep those habits because yeah, you want to keep those habits because it's just, it's easier if you keep those promises to yourself and keep your body strong and keep your body as limber as possible, the easier it will be to stay with that instead of trying to get into a stretching routine when you're so inflexible that literally like pulling your knee at a 90 degree. Yeah. We're trying like, to build muscle mass when so you're like 60 or bone mass because you've just been riding your bike forever right. and haven't had any resistance that deteriorates your skeleton. Like you need to start now and strength training and putting that resistance and impact on your body is very important for health and injury prevention as you go on. And I, I think you hit it exactly where so many endurance athletes say, you know, you're, I'm fine now. I'm doing great. I'm crushing it. You know, a strength workout will only make me sore. It'll make you sore in the short term, but it's going to keep your body in a better place in the long term. Now I feel really motivated Absolutely. to like go do some strength things. I do you want to do some to... jumping jacks real quick? I have a jumping rope, <laughs> a jump rope, and I like actually haven't used it. It's like so dusty. I think it's annoying because I have to go outside to jump rope. Like I can't I, jump I rope. I ordered one recently. Do you know what? I was watching, there's a, there's a girl, I'm um, an ambassador for science and sport, and there's another ambassador on our team. I, I can't say I know her real well personally, but I follow her on Instagram and she was doing this like jumping this jump rope routine, but it was different instead of, you know, when I jump, it's like my feet are in the same position and I'm just jumping sure. like the way you learn to do it. She would do some where she would, you know, kind of one foot forward and then the other. And I'm just like, okay, if I do that, I'll be whipping myself in my feet. And I don't know. Jump roping to me seems like a pretty basic concept, but I'm clearly doing well, have it you wrong seen people like compete at it? Like they're jump, like uh, it's hard for me to make jump sense. rope competitions and like serious jump rope. It's like synchronized swimming. They have that for jump rope, which is yeah. insane. I would get so tangled. Yeah, it's hard. 
I would lose. I'd just whip myself in the but feet. But I and think I just, it's a great I, I know, exercise I know, I know and I really right. need to I go need to do it. it but I just don't like the fact that I'm doing my – I have my little, like, strength weights set up in the basement and I can't jump rope in the basement. So I, like, literally have to then go outside and then jump rope for, like, a few minutes and then go back in and finish the rest of my routine. Hmm. Why can't you well, the ceilings are too low. Why can't you jump? I don't have like basement? vaulted ceiling basement. I'm not that cool. Uh, okay. I don't know if anyone has like super crazy oh, high. Okay. I mean, you need a lot of space to jump rope. Yeah, I, I mean, I could probably do it in the dining room. It does have a vaulted <laughs> ceiling, though. But it's like the only room in my house. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good. Is point. that really effective? What about hula hoop? Or is that just fun? No, well, there's these weighted hula hoops, and I have one. The thing weighs like five pounds, but it's like it feels like it's bruising my hips when I do it. But I, I got in a really good habit at one point of doing, like, I would put on my headphones and it was like, okay, one song. I mean, I hooping. feel like, yeah, I don't if know. You're having fun, know. and it maybe I, I feel like it, it would be good for <laughs> your obliques and your hips. Like, it has to be. Speaking of like super weird. Um, like grandma here. style weightlifting stuff, you know. I have one pound wrist weights. Like they're the really cool ones. They're on free people. Oh, yeah. They're like very trendy looking and white and yeah, they they're like chunky, they like two inch wide, you know, white bracelets, and they velcro around. But they're like very in trend for wellness. And I was just like, oh, I have to have them. And they're actually, like, super effective if I just wear them around the house or if I'm typing or, like, doing the dishes or whatever. It actually, like, having an extra one pound close to your hand adds a lot more than you expect it to. Do you feel like... I mean, I could probably wear them more than I do. So the one problem I have with them, and I I wish they would come up with a solution, but I never take my Garmin watch off so it's very like annoying to have to like figure out how to do both the weight and the watch or I'm just gonna have the weight on my right arm and my right arm is gonna be like super toned and amazing and my left arm is just gonna be like a computer nerd with a watch on it yeah I think they would make me crazy I literally like I drive down to the river to run and it's less than two miles from my house. And I will take Seriously? my watch off on my way, on my drive home. Like I, yeah, I don't, I've always, it's, it's like, I finish a run. The first thing I'll do is take my watch off. I don't, I take I mine don't off like to sleep it. and I, like, I, I didn't know. for a long time, so but now I do. And that's really, and to shower, Yeah, but that's it. Otherwise it is on. It tracks, it tracks my life. It's always on. I used to wear ankle weights though. Like I, I mean, this is years ago. Like I was a housekeeper at a retirement home and I would put on. Like, I could just see you like going into the old people gym clothes. and like stealing their equipment. <laughs> just like hiding it under your clothes. Oh, this, I don't think, I don't think this place even had a gym. Well, I was going into their rooms oh, and changing, I changed their trash bag, clean their toilet. And then. Yeah. Like, but like just wearing that little like extra resistance. <laughs> So, like, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge strength training yes. routine if you do something, like, low level but do it for a long enough time. Like, it really does add value. Yeah. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a believer. Well, I think we got through all the questions that our listeners have time to listen to today. Great. I mean, hey. <laughs> and some that they don't. <laughs> but this was so fun. Um, I'm really glad that we got to chat through some of these questions. Hopefully added some good advice and, you know, hopefully there's some takeaways for you guys in that whole discussion And if there's something we didn't hit on or you have a totally different question, definitely send it to us. You can send it to our accounts individually or just head over to the basically experts pod on Instagram and DM it there. And you can also tell us if you have like if you have different ideas on how to keep strength and conditioning training fun, especially in times of COVID because you're kind of stuck at home. If you have something that you've just found that you do that you want to share, we'd love to hear that. We can share that on the pod next week too. And if you just want to find Lori and I individually, you can follow us. My Instagram is just my name at Leah Thorvalson and Lori is at hungry for results. Thanks for listening guys. See you next week.